0: That was awesome this morning. So glad you guys are here. My name is Sam. I'm the adult ministries director here at Brazos Fellowship. Thank you for being here today. I want you to know before we get started, Pastor Will is going to be back next Sunday, beginning a brand new series called Unsettled, and that's going to lead us all the way up to Easter. You do not want to miss this series, so make plans right now to be back, invite somebody to come back with you over the next four weeks as we dive into this new series. Well, like I said, my name is Sam. Um, I'm excited to be with you this morning morning. This is the end of spring break. Did y'all have a good week? (laughs) Kind of? Some of you? Awesome. Awesome. You feeling relaxed? You feeling refreshed, rested, ready for a new week at school, a new week at work? not quite as much enthusiasm there. How many of you, who went to the beach for spring break? I know that's a popular spring. It's okay. I know we're not supposed to talk about, we're not supposed to do that, right? It's okay. Beach is a great place to go sometimes, right? You go to the beach. Listen, I'm more of a go-to-the-mountains guy, but my wife really likes to go to the beach. And so every once in a while, we'll plan these trips to the beach, and here's what happens every single time. About two or three weeks before the trip, I'll walk, be walking through my bedroom. We have kind of a big mirror in the corner of the room, and I'll do a double take, just kind of catch a glimpse of myself in the mirror, and I'll think, we've, we've got a problem here. <laughs> like, that right there doesn't belong on the beach. Like, some of that needs to stay behind, right? Anybody else? Have you done this? You know, I think that's why I like the mountains, you know, because there's more clothes, like more layers, and and some of the lumpiness I see in the mirror, it doesn't matter so much in the mountains, right? The pastiness doesn't matter so much. I really like going to the mountains. But you've been there, you've done it. If you went to the beach over spring break, when did that process start for you? I promise it wasn't in November, was it? You were tailgating, you were thinking about Thanksgiving and Christmas, maybe after the first of the year, right? And that trip becomes imminent and all of a sudden you realize we've got a problem. We need to make some changes here. Maybe you're thinking right now, you know what, he's he's right. We're going to the beach this summer. I'm gonna join the gym this afternoon. We're gonna make it happen, right? I look in the mirror and I see and I discover there's got to be a better way. Well here's what I want us to do this morning guys. I want you to just kind of take a look in the mirror over the next few minutes, so to speak. I want you to take a good look at your life and be really really honest with yourself. The mirror doesn't lie right Look in the mirror and ask yourself this question. What are you dwelling on right now? What is consuming you right now? What is it that's driving your thoughts right now? What is it that's steering your emotions? What is it? We all have those things that consume us that we dwell on, right? We don't mean to, but, but it's just the reality of life. I'll tell you, for me right now, a big part of that is $4 gas, right? I've got a 26-gallon gas tank. You do the math on that. On top of that, we've had some unexpected medical expenses in my family over the last few weeks. Those add up, right? Then on top of that, I, I'm not going to name any names. I don't want to name the name of the company here, but I got a bill from my home internet provider, and they decided it was time to raise my rates again. You, you, you've been there, right? Like, I tell you, what I'm dwelling on right now is money, what I'm dwelling on is my budget. What I'm dwelling on what's consuming me is how are we, we going to make this work? How are we going to get through this month? How are we going to make all this work, right? And we have those things. What is it for you? What are you dwelling on right now as you look into the mirror? Is there conflict at work? Is there conflict at home? Does somebody say something hurtful about you on social media, and now it's just consuming your thoughts and driving your emotions? Is it, is it, did you lose your wallet? Did you lose your keys? Income taxes are coming up. Is anybody else like me haven't even started your income taxes yet? Yeah, add that to the list, right? Man, there's things that, that, that just consume us, that we, we dwell on. The list could go on and on and on. And the truth is, the reality is, and you know this, Pastor Will just did an entire series on this, that Satan wants to plant false ideas, plant lies into our lives. And we're more susceptible to those lies when we're consumed with the negative realities of our worlds, the world around us, right? We're more susceptible to believe that those lies are true. And so in the middle of all that, as I'm consumed with, you know, with, with the expenses adding up and the budget, I start to believe the lie that, you know what, maybe, maybe I really am a terrible dad. I'm a terrible provider if, if I can't even take my kids for ice cream because we got an unexpected bill. Maybe, maybe I am really, really bad at my job. Maybe nobody likes me. Maybe I am worthless. Maybe God just doesn't care. And we don't mean to, but we begin to let those lies live inside of us. They begin to consume us. They begin to drive our thoughts and our, our emotions. And as you look in the mirror this morning, I just want to linger here for just a minute longer. Because I want you to take a look those things that are consuming you, what are those things doing to your life? As those realities of your world consume you, drive your thoughts and your emotions, are you really experiencing joy? Are you really experiencing peace? or maybe for you, the abundant life that we talk about at church, the abundant life we read about in the Bible, maybe it seems kind of possible as long as you know, you're in this room for an hour a week, but as soon as you walk out the door, get in your car and drive home, that kind of life, that abundant life just seems like a make-believe, just like a fairy tale, like it's not even possible. But I wanna ask the question, what if it was? What if it was possible? I believe it is. I believe God wants for you in the middle of your reality today, I believe God wants for you to experience joy, to experience peace, to experience abundant, full life, and I believe it starts with what we allow to consume our lives. Over the past couple of months, we've really been challenged to pursue truth, and we've had applications with the messages, things like uh, allow the truth of God to replace the lies of the devil in your life. Well, here's what we believe truth is. It comes directly from the words of Jesus. Jesus said in a prayer in John chapter 17, and John uh, was one of Jesus' disciples. He was one of Jesus' closest friends. He was there in the room when Jesus was praying this prayer, and he documents this for us. He's praying to his father, and he says, your word is truth. We believe the word of God, the Bible, is the inspired complete Word of God, that it's completely true and completely reliable that God's Word, the Bible, is truth. And maybe you're not there yet, and that's okay. Maybe you're not there, but you believe something, right? You believe that kindness matters. You believe that we should treat people with dignity and respect. You believe that the world would be a better place if there was more love. All these principles are rooted. They originate with God in His Word, through His Word, and so you believe at least part of the Bible is true, so isn't it worth investigating? Wherever you are when it comes to faith, whether you're a skeptic, whether you're just kind of kicking the tires today, maybe you're new to faith, maybe you're returning after a season away, or maybe you're on your way out the door, Maybe you've been following Jesus for years and years and years. Wherever you are, can we just consider for the next few minutes that there's a better way, that as we look in the mirror and we see, I need to make some changes because there's some things consuming my life, and I'm not experiencing life the the way that we talk about it here at church. I'm not experiencing life filled with joy and peace. Would you just consider that there's a better way? Can we do that this morning? It's worth considering. The Apostle Paul thought so. He wrote this letter to the church in Colossae. This was a a group of young Christians, young believers. And they lived in a culture that was just filled with false ideas. They were being consumed uh, with false ideas that were leading them further and further and further away from the truth of the life that God wanted them to live, a life filled with joy, a life filled with peace. And so Paul writes them this letter. It's a very, very practical letter. We see it in the Bible. It's called Colossians, the book of Colossians. And in chapter three of Colossians, Paul starts out the letter, and he tells them uh, this in chapter three. He says, set your mind on things above, and set your heart on things above. So the things that you think about, the things that's controlling your thoughts, allow that to be things of God. And the things that are controlling your emotions, let those things be the things of God. And he gives some very, very practical instruction throughout the chapter. And he ends chapter 3 with this verse right here, verse 16. And the first part of it says this, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. The word of Christ, the word of God, the Bible, let that dwell in you. Let that live in you. Let that take up residence in your life richly, copiously, abundantly, in an extravagant way hugely (laughs) let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And so this morning, for the next few minutes, what I wanna do is I just wanna get very, very practical and talk about uh, how we can do that. It's something that we all have to make a choice. You have to make a choice, I have to make a choice. How we can do that, some tips and some tools that I've learned that have been so, so helpful. All right, so we're just very, very practical. Three things that I wanna share. Number one is this, we've gotta be intentional when it comes to reading God's word. We've got to be intentional when it comes to spending time personally in the Bible. And you know this, come on. Nobody else is gonna prioritize this in your life, are they? Nobody else is gonna do this. I hope you have some people that are gonna hold you accountable, some people that will ask you how it's going, what you've been reading, what truths from God that you've been learning. But nobody else is gonna prioritize this. You're not gonna go to work tomorrow and get an email from your boss that says, hey, I want you to take an extra 15 minutes today at lunch to read the Bible. It's just not going to happen, right? You're not going to wake up tomorrow, the first, the first week of school back after spring break, and get up and go to the kitchen, and your kids are there, and they're working on breakfast already, and they say, Mom, Dad, you know what? We've got this. We're going to make breakfast. We'll clean up. We'll get ourselves ready. We'll meet you in the car. You go You go read the Bible. That's not, that's not the reality that any of us. Is that your reality? It's not mine. Nobody else is going to prioritize time in God's Word for you. And so here's what I want to just uh, uh, advise you to do this one simple thing, put it in your calendar. Put it in your calendar. You say, well, that doesn't sound very spiritual. Okay, but let me ask you this. What are the things that get done in your life on a day-to-day basis? Are they the things that you intend to do, or are they the things that are in your calendar? If you have an important meeting coming up this week, it's in your calendar, isn't it? Why is it in your calendar? because you want to prioritize that time. You want to prioritize that space. It's important, and so you want to be very, very intentional about that. Listen, when I started doing this, again, I was the same way. I thought, well, this doesn't, this doesn't seem very spiritual. It doesn't seem right, but I put this in my calendar every day, just once and hit repeat, and here's what it's done for me. Number one, it guards that time. There's other people that have access to my calendar and can schedule meetings and things like that, but that time is blocked off. It's not even available for anybody else. It guards that time. And there's going to be things that come up in life, and that's fine. But on a daily basis, on a regular basis, that time is guarded. The second thing it does is it reminds me. I've got a notification on my phone. Sends me a, you know, a little ding 10 minutes before whatever's on my calendar. This so has some built a built-in reminder and some, a built-in accountability. Put it on your calendar. Be intentional. Nobody else is going to do this. Jesus was intentional with his time with, with the Father. He was. Check this out in Mark chapter 1. Verse 35 says this, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, there was his time. Jesus got up, left the house, and went to a solitary place. There was his place. So he's intentional with his time. He's, an intentional, he's intentional with his place where he prayed. He was intentional with this, and he had to be because nobody else, just like you, just like me, nobody else was going to prioritize this time for Jesus. Not even the disciples, Check this out, the very next verse. Simon and his companions, so this is his disciples, his followers, went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Jesus, everyone is looking for you. You felt that, right? Everyone's looking for you. Everyone has something for you to do. Everyone needs you. Everyone needs your time. Everyone needs your attention. Nobody's going to prioritize your time reading God's word. Only you can do that. And So the very simple question that I want to ask you this is this. What's your time? What's your time and what's your place? And then how are you guarding your time and your place? Be intentional. The second thing is this, be consistent. Be consistent. Reading and studying the Bible is what we would call a uh, spiritual discipline or a spiritual practice, a habit. In any discipline in our life, we're not going to reap the benefits of that discipline unless we're consistent with it. Listen, if you go to the gym and you only go to the gym once a month, you're not gonna see the results you want, are you? Well, let me, let me back up a little bit. You might, you might, depends on what the results are. Here's what I'm learning, here's what I'm learning more and more about the gym, or at least the gym where I go, is that it's not just all about physical fitness anymore. There are some people that go, and clearly their entire motivation is to meet somebody. <laughs> it's, it's a reality, right? So, so maybe if you go to the gym once a month, you might, you might meet somebody. The other thing, and this is even weirder for me, the other thing that the gym has become, and I think you know, I'm, I'm getting old, I'm out of touch, but the gym has become more and more a place for selfies. Is that, is that, have you seen this? Is that just me? So you can go to the gym once a month, you can meet somebody, you can load your phone up with pictures of yourself if you want to, but if your goal is physical fitness, you're not gonna see the results you want. It takes consistency, right? In the same way, Uh, When it comes to spiritual disciplines and habits like reading the Bible, if we really want to grow spiritually, if we really want to allow the truths of God's Word to begin to dwell in us and give them the opportunity to dwell in us, it's going to take consistency. We see this in Daniel's life. Daniel was an Israelite that was taken to Babylon in captivity in 605 B.C. when Nebuchadnezzar came and conquered Jerusalem. And so Daniel is taken away from his home. He's in Babylon for 65 years before a specific event happened in his life. And if you've spent any time in church, maybe as a kid or uh, even even later in life, maybe you're familiar with the story, Daniel in the lion's den. This is what we're talking about here. 65 years later, the current king, Darius, issued this decree or made this law. And the law was this. Anybody in all of Babylon who bows down and worships, praise to any other person or God besides me, besides Darius, will be executed. That was the law. And the means of execution was we're going to feed them to the lions. So, the law, if it was issued by the king, could not be taken back. It could not be compromised. That was it. Now, if you're there, put yourself in that place. What are you consumed with? What are you dwelling on? What's driving your thoughts? What's driving your emotions? For me, I know it's… it's A little bit of fear at the very least, right? Let's see what Daniel's response is. When Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home, he knelt down, check this out, as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open toward Jerusalem. Now, Jerusalem symbolized the presence of God. And so this is him just saying, I'm opening myself up to the presence of God. He prayed three times a day. I love this, just as he had always done. There was a pattern of consistency in Daniel's life. For 65 years, he was consistent with this. I think there's something we can learn here. There's a lesson for us here that we can learn from Daniel. But I want to be very, very careful. I want to be careful here because, listen, the goal is not just to read the Bible, this was something that I lived with uh, my childhood and even into my young adulthood, thinking, what God wants me to do is read the Bible every day. And if I read the Bible every day, He's going to be happy with me. And if I don't, He's not going to be happy with me. And so I could read it and check that off the list and go on about my day, or I missed, and I'd feel guilty, I'd feel bad, feel ashamed, feel like God's going to somehow get me, right, for missing a day. Listen, the goal is not to read the Bible. That's not the end. Spiritual disciplines like reading the Bible, it's a means to an end. The end is that God has invited you. He's invited us to walk in, step into this kingdom life that he has for us, this abundant life where he wants us to experience life and love and joy and peace to the fullest. And one way that we can do that is by pursuing these disciplines. That's not the end. The end is the life that God has for you, the life that God wants to you. And ultimately, the end is that we look more and more and more like Jesus and spend an eternity with Him. So that's the end, all right? Don't, don't believe the lie. That's one of the lies I believed, that God wants you to read the Bible just to read the Bible. There's an end in mind. That's why we see over and over and over in Scripture... This instruction to abide in God's word. It's because God wants something for you. He wants a life for you. There's a better way. Let God's word dwell in you. And we need to be consistent with that. And so, my question uh, for you there, or my challenge for you, I guess, is this if you miss one day, don't miss two. It's as simple as that. You're going to miss a day every once in a while, right? Don't beat yourself up. God's not out to get you if you miss a day, but if you miss one day, just don't miss two. Be intentional. Be consistent, and number three is this, have a plan. Have a plan, and a plan is just that. A plan is simply a plan, and maybe you have a great plan for how you engage with God's Word on a regular basis, but if you don't have a plan, or maybe if your plan is kind of what my plan was when I was, uh, when I was a young adult, I would just take the Bible and close my eyes, open it, and point to a verse. That's what I'm reading right there. If, if maybe that's your plan, then I just want to share a very, very simple plan that has been a game changer for me over the last several years. And it's simply this. I'll find a passage of Scripture. Maybe I'll read through a book of the Bible or a certain passage. All right. And by the way, I want to just pause real quick right here, because if you're new to the Bible, or even if you're not new to the Bible, it can be really, really confusing just picking a Bible to read, can't it? I mean, you go to the bookstore, and there are shelves and shelves and all different kinds So I want to just give kind of a 60-second overview of Bible translations for you, okay? There are really two categories of Bible translations. There are some translations that would be called word-for-word translations, and these are just exactly what it sounds like. These are translations that the translators went to the manuscripts, the oldest available manuscripts in the original languages, and translated it literally word-for-word. A word-for-word translation, a really good one, is uh, the English Standard Version. is a good word-for-word translation. And there are some translations that are what we would call thought-for-thought translations. And again, it's exactly what it sounds like. The translators went to the original languages and they translated it in a thought-for-thought manner instead of a word-for-word manner. And some of those, uh, some really good thought-for-thought translations, the New International Version is one, the New Living Translation. So those are some to maybe consider. One's not necessarily better than the other. And I know it can be really confusing to kind of sift through all the translations. I would suggest this, if this is new to you, go and download the Bible app. Do we have a, yeah, there's the icon. Download the Bible app, YouVersion. The reason I like UVersion is because you can actually access, it's free, number one, you can access lots and lots and lots of different translations, check them out, compare them with each other, try different ones, find one that you enjoy reading, and then stick with it. It's a great place to start. And so I'll pick a Bible passage, I'll pick a book of the Bible, and that can be hard too, I know. You might say, well, I just don't know where to start. I tell people all the time, start with Jesus, and the person who knew Jesus the best was his best friend, John, so go to the Gospel of John. Just read through the book of John, one section at a time. Maybe even going to a book of the Bible seems overwhelming to you, so I want to let you know too, we actually put out every single week a Bible reading plan for you guys uh, through the church, and there's five passages. They're all very, very short. They don't take, take long to read. Five passages every week that have to do, kind of relate back to the message from that Sunday. You can access those at uh, brazosfellowship.com on the website. And uh, they're under the learn more tab up at the top. We'll actually email those to you every Monday if you, want to, if you want that email to you. We'll just email that to you, it'll come right to your inbox. So maybe that's the best plan for you to start with. Whatever it is though, pick a passage of scripture, all right? And then here's uh, the, the, the plan, the simple plan. As I read through, I ask four questions and those four questions are this. Who is God? What has God done? Who am I? And what do I do? Who is God? What has God done? Who am I? And what do I do? Now, the first three of those questions are always answered in Scripture. This is the truth that you're looking for. When we talk about replacing the lies of the devil with truth, these are the truths that you can replace those lies with. They're always answered, and it's always true. I want to walk through an example with you this morning over the next, our last couple of minutes. So uh, the passage that we're going to look at is Matthew chapter 6. Do we have that up? Did I skip a slide? There it is. All right. Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 through 33. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you, as well. Just short three verses there. So what we want to do is answer those those questions: Who is God? What has God done? Who am I? What do I do? We always start with God. Always start with who is God. Yeah, there it is. I always start with who is God. And the reason why is this. This is God's story. It's not my story. It's not your story. It's God's story. So let's start with God. Let's look for the the attributes of his character and his nature. Let's look for who God is, the truth about who God is as we read. And as I read that passage, I see, well, God's a loving father. That's a truth about God. God knows and cares for his children. That's a truth about God. I need to remember those truths. I would write those down. I would type them on my computer. If I'm I'm driving down the road listening, another great thing about the YouVersion, the Bible app I shared with you all ago, is there's an audio version. You can actually listen to it while you're driving along. I would listen, and I would listen, and I would reflect on who is God. He's a loving Father, and He knows and cares for His children. And then I would move to the next question. What has God done? God is always at work in the world around us, always. So let's look for that. Let's look for what He's doing And so I would answer that question, what's God done with this? He knows all my needs, and He promises to provide for me. That's a truth about what God has done. He knows all my needs. He promises to provide for me. So I would look at who God is. I would look at what God's done, and then I would ask the question, well, who am I? Because that one's always answered in in Scripture also. Remember, we're being bombarded with lies every single day, specifically lies about your identity. So i want to know what's the truth about who i am based on who god is and what god has done what is my identity and so as as i read that here's what i would here's what i would think about here's some of the things that i that that would come to mind truths about my identity i'm his child i'm loved i'm cared for i'm not alone i'm valued oh my goodness i mean these are truths about who you are that the world isn't going to share with you right these are truths about who you are that can actually combat, actually fend off, actually be a defense against the lies that, the, that Satan is, is wanting you to believe every single day. He wants to keep these truths hidden from you. So approach Scripture. Look for these questions. Who is God? What has God done? In light of who God is and what he's done, who am I? And then the fourth question is this. Okay, so what now do I do? This is your response. And guys, here's, here's the trap I fall into is that usually this is where I wanna start. I'll read scripture and just say, well, how do I apply this to my life? Remember, it's not about me though, it's not about you either. This is God's story. The danger in starting there is that we miss the truth. We miss the truth about who God is, about what God's done. We miss the truth about who you are. And so we absorb those truths, reflect on those truths, meditate on those truths and if I really believe that God is a loving Father who knows all my needs, if I really believe that He promises to provide for my needs, if I really believe that, if I believe that I am His child, well, I mean, the truth is, gas is still gonna be $4, right? Truth is, my bills are still gonna be there. But if I really believe those things, if I let those truths consume and drive my thoughts, my emotions, then I'm going to be able to live in that reality and experience more peace. That's the peace that God wants for you. That's the abundant life that God wants for you. Listen, the reality is that uh, uh, these truths, they won't change your reality. They're not going to change my reality. They're not going to change your reality, but they can change the way that we walk through our reality. And as we do that, as we allow God's Word to dwell in us, to consume us, you'll get just a taste, just a glimpse of the life that God has for you, the life of peace, the life of joy, the fullness of life. When we're consumed with the truth about who God is, what He's done, who you are, oh man, it can be a game changer. Our lives are going to reflect that. And as we live in our reality, living as a reflection of the truth of God's Word, that's when you know the Word of Christ is dwelling in you richly. But it takes intentionality. It takes being consistent. It takes having a plan. Very practical, very simple things that every one of us can do. So as you look in the mirror this morning, if you see some things that are consuming you and causing you to live further and further and further away from the life that God wants for you, it's worth considering would you consider that there's a better way? Would you consider that there's some things that you can do, some very practical things that you can do? You might say, well, listen, Sam, you don't, you don't know me. You don't know my reality. This is impossible for me. Maybe, I, I mean, maybe I don't know your reality, but what you're currently doing isn't working, is it? And listen, that little voice inside your head that says, peace is not possible for you, that little voice inside your head that says joy is not possible for you, that little voice, that's a lie. That's one of the lies that Satan wants you to believe. He's captured you. He wants to destroy you. That's what, that's what the Bible says is that he's come to steal, to kill, and destroy. He's stealing our joy. He's killing our peace, and he's destroying our lives. And so would you just consider the truth that God has a better life for you, that God wants you to experience joy, that God wants you to experience peace? And one way that we can pursue that is by allowing His Word to dwell in us. It's worth considering, isn't it? So maybe the step that you need to take this week is just one tiny little step and say, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna read one verse. I'm gonna read one verse this week. And I'm gonna allow the truth of that verse to fill my mind and my heart. Maybe it's I'm gonna, read, I'm gonna read three days this week. I'm gonna take one truth about God and I'm gonna think about that every day this week. I wanna allow the Word of God to dwell in me richly. Or maybe you look in the mirror and uh, you think, you know what? It's all good. I'm ready for the beach. Everything's perfect. Maybe so. That's fine. But I say this a lot because I I really believe it's true. For every single one of us, we're either walking out of a storm in our life, we're in the middle of a storm, or there's one right around the corner. For every single one of us. Do you remember the... uh, The hailstorm that came through last April, y'all remember that? I was out walking my dog that evening, uh, a couple hours, maybe an hour before the storm hit. Saw the cloud, was admiring the cloud and the lightning. When I got home from walking the dog, my wife said, hey, are you gonna pull your truck in the garage? I said, nope, it's gonna miss us. Destroyed my vehicle, destroyed my home. Just last night, I saw on the news that there's some potential storms coming through our area for tomorrow. You know what? The weather's nice today. You know what I'm going to be doing this afternoon? I'm going to be preparing for the storm tomorrow. I'm going to make sure there's room in the garage. I'm going to be getting ready for the storm to come. So maybe your life's all good right now, but wouldn't it be worth considering there's some truth from God's Word that I need to allow to dwell in me to get myself ready to equip myself for the storm that's coming tomorrow? Wouldn't that be worth considering? Or maybe, maybe you're doing this, you're doing, you're killing this. You have really sweet times in, in God's Word every single day. And so I hope for you this has just been an encouragement. Stay the course, keep doing it. Don't give up. Don't become complacent. Remember, Daniel, he did this for 65 years, right? So stay the course. Don't give up. Either way, what I want for you is to know that God has a life for you filled with joy. He wants you to experience peace. He wants you to experience abundant life. And one way that we can pursue that is to allow His Word to dwell in us, to take the place of all the realities of our lives that are consuming our thoughts and our emotions. It's worth considering. Last week, uh, Pastor Sean ended with three questions just to leave you with, and I wanted to do the same thing today. Those three questions are this. What is consuming me right now? What's consuming you right now? As you look in the mirror, what is that thing? What is that thing that's consuming you? Number two, when is my time to spend with God and His Word? Do you have a time? Do you have a place? Are you intentional with it? Are you guarding that? And number three, what's my plan for reading the Bible and letting it fill my heart in my mind, and listen. If you don't have a plan, this this simple plan that I just shared with you, that we went through, asking those four questions, we want to we want to give that plan to you to use. You can actually download that plan if you want to pull out your phone. There's going to be a QR code up here that you can scan, uh, uh, and and you can download that plan. You can copy it. You can duplicate it. Make that work for you. We just want to give that to you. The questions, by the way, I, I, I skipped over this. If you want to receive those questions in a text message, you can text BF Series to nine seven zero zero zero, and we'll text you those questions. But what I want for you guys is just to consider as you look in the mirror of your life, man, I'm missing out on something. There's some changes I need to make. And it starts with allowing God's Word to dwell in you and not be consumed by the things, the reality of the world around you. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Brazos Valley, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environments, visit us at brazosfellowship.com. That's brazosfellowship.com.